Okay, and we're live. Hey. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to Hackaday, 15 years old celebration. Yay. Um, we have some folks that we're going to... Almost can get a driver's license. Yeah, we have some folks here, some from uh, current Hackaday, past Hackaday, and more. Uh, I'm Phil. I oh, founded Rich. Hackaday, oh, Hackaday 15 years ago and made the logo, and uh, I did some things to the site to keep it all lowercase. That's been changed. That's gone. Um, oh. uh, and then let's uh, let's start in the virtual world. Uh, starting at the upper right here, Mike. Who are you? Mike Stish. Who are you? What do you do? Hi, I'm Mike Stish. I'm the editor in chief of Hackaday. Okay. Okay. Brian. Ben Shaw, formerly of Hackaday. All right. That's Supply Frame, which is like the sister company. Yeah. All right, Caleb. And I'm Caleb Kraft. Uh, currently, I'm at Make, but I I ran Hackaday for a period during an extreme transition, right up to when Supply Frame purchased it. All right. So, and I, me, and 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 I am uh, with Mr. Lady Ada, who uh, I, I sent you a bunch of good links when you were first doing Hackaday. That's right. I definitely was like, check out this cool stuff, and you would post it, and it'd be like, yeah. And yeah, I was. Your, I, your electronics are featured on Hackaday. I was one of the first posts on Hackaday. I think I was like post number like 50. Yeah. You posted my mini pop. So, like, I'm, I'm early, and I remember reading the site for a while. So, I'm here yeah. as an observer. <laughs> okay. Well, what I thought we'd do is talk about a little bit about the origins of Hackaday. Um, folks can ask questions and. Um, at YouTube in any of the chats and then also Discord. Discord on YouTube. If you put a good question, we might we might bubble it up. Um, and uh, for example, Thomas says, Thomas "Happy says, birthday, Hackaday!" Happy birthday, Hackaday! Yay, Thomas! Yay, thank you, Thomas! Yay, thank I you. Got that going on. All right, so it was 15 years ago. And so where were you 15 yeah, years ago? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask everybody later, but it was 15 years ago, and um, Peter Rojas had left Gizmodo, and he started in Gadget. And I started writing some articles. I think I was the first author on Engadget. I had left a, you did, you a were previous doing life. Like Watch Wednesdays and stuff. Yeah, I, I was working at a, a creative firm called Fallon, and we did like Super Bowl commercials and crazy things with like cars and Sony and, and all sorts of stuff. I got to work with the Ibo and the Curio and all that, but I was I was kind of done with that world. And so I was writing at Popular Science for the How 2.0 section started doing writing on Engadget, and the the Watch This Wednesday and the How To Tuesday started to take off. And we're like, well, maybe we should turn this into a site. What do you want to do? And I said, oh, I'm, I have a terrible idea. Let's make the site all black. Let's have it all lowercase, and let's make like a hacking hacking site. And at the time, there was like a race to do a bunch of blogging. So it was Weblogs Inc. At the time, it was like all about life hacking, right? Well, there was just like, how many blogs can you get in a blog network? Yeah. And this was one that was the Gawker verse in gadget world. So it was Weblogs Inc. and the entire Gawker yeah. world. And one of the things that was was happening, there was a lot of cookie cutter sites and some of them were still out there. So there was the the uh, Apple blog, there was uh, like Joystick. There was a few like they were trying to find it like every single every single topic would have you have to have like a, a fashion blog, get to have like Yeah, an and they would blog. figure out if they work out. And they have a technology and how to blog. Yeah. And so Hackaday was that Well what happened was the how to became the most popular things on the site. So they wanna they were like a little nervous about that. And they're like, well this sounds like a really good deal. So come up with something. So I came up with this skull logo 
which is now called the Jolly Rancher. I didn't call it Jolly Rancher. What did you call it? Jolly Rancher, sorry. I just said like skull. I don't know, skull. skull. Yeah, and back in the day, I, I was I wrote a few books about uh, Macromedia Flash. So I designed the logo in Flash. So I still have the .fla file, which is a weird wow. format. Yeah, I know, right? And um, so after we started this, we, we started to put some blog posts up. And I said, I want to have black and white photos. And I wanted to, 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 to have like little pieces of tape on it. And everything should be lowercase. Because I think that would keep everyone super chill. And also it kind of looked neat. Plus, I only type in lowercase when I'm allowed to. Well, I feel like so, people like they try to like post really angry comments, but like the all caps are converted to lowercase. Yeah. In fact, when you when you when you type in all caps, why is everything lowercase? Question mark, question mark, what's in all lowercase? It's kind of cute. Like, it actually sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have we have more comments. Yeah. Oh. Example eight. Oh, okay. Adam's here. Happy 15th. Yeah. Hello, day. Happy birthday. And didn't realize Hackaday was 15. Okay. So um, I think I started putting posts on the site in August and then September. And somewhere around, we, we had to put a bunch enough posts on it so when it launched, it would have, you know, okay, cool, I can scroll yeah. and do some stuff. Um, so I have some screenshots. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll put this on the screen real quick. Um, here, and this is, um, I put them up on the, the blog post I did today. So here, here's the very first post that was um, kind of live to the world. It was run Mac OS 10 on your Xbox. And uh, that was October 8th, 2004. Um, but the first post was the Radio Shack phone dialer, which I still have somewhere around here. Because I thought like that was something that when I was a kid, I got started in like hacking by I had one of these. Yeah, we all did. Oh like my this, god, it was yeah, like called the Chinger, right? You put a little oscillator in it, yeah. and then you can put it up to a phone. I totally had one of these. And later on in life, I, I was writing for 2600, and that kind of also gave me the mm -hmm. idea for like, oh, it would be neat to have a website, because 2600 still is just like mostly a zine and mostly a radio show. Um, it's not a blog that you go to every yeah. day to, to, to find stuff. And then um, later on, um, Adafruit and Hackaday did some stuff, did some, some hardware. Um, some branded hardware, and I'll, I'll talk about some of the ideas that I have. I have my to-do list from, so I have every email for the last 20-something years, which is not a good idea, but it's it's only, like, it's just stuff that, like, if anything ever happened, I'd be okay with it. So I have my to-do list um, from 15 years ago for what I was supposed to do once we launched the site. So we could talk about that later. Some of the stuff Hackaday did, and then yeah. some of the stuff Make did, and some of the stuff Adafruit did. So a lot of the stuff is is happening, actually. Done. Yeah, and um, actually, some of the stuff DigiKey's doing. So, like, we're getting there. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't really matter. And there's also like Hexter and Destructibles and a lot yeah. of cool communities that do stuff. So it doesn't. I think it doesn't matter if you personally get to do stuff. It more it matters. Do you have a place for lots of people to do stuff? And it looks like Hackaday is is one of those those places. So that's the that's what happened um, 15 years ago, and we debuted it. And and one of the first things I kind of thought was funny was um, Nick Denton was the competitor to um, Gawker, uh, no, to, sorry, to Weblogs Inc. and all that. Mm -hmm. And you know, he, he was recently in the news, or not too long ago, for the Hulk Hogan thing, and Gawker's out of, like, they had to sacrifice Gawker. But um, he said, I really like the site because it's unlike all the rest of the sites. So um, fast forward a little bit, when Weblogs Inc. was trying to sell the blog network, that's when I said, it's probably time for me to retire, because I didn't want to end up like pitching and like, hey, like, please sell this thing. And I had a feeling it would be AOL, AOL, and it was AOL. I really didn't want to work for AOL. So that's when I decided it's probably time for me to do something else. Do something and that's when yeah. I 
said, oh, I should probably do this. It wasn't called Make Magazine at the time. It was just like, we're going to do a magazine. And I'm like, okay. that's a terrible idea. So um, they liked Hack a Day, and they and yeah, I, I said I said magazine, and I never worked on the magazine side really. I just thought I want to do another website about things that um, people are making. So what happened was AOL acquired everything, but and this is from what I'm told, they said it's too much of a liability to buy Hackaday. So they're committing crimes. So so Jason Kalkanis, um, and he's one of the ones on my to do list here that um, that I was emailing with, said okay, well we'll just do something else with it, and then like we'll bring in. Caleb in a bit um, for his part of the story, but that's that's when, that's why I decided. You know what? It's probably it's probably time for me to to bail because I just I just didn't see a future where I would be doing stuff at AOL. Because it's either you have to do AOL CD hacks every day, or you're never allowed to a do AOL. No, CD they would hacks. they would have probably had me work on other things because I was a I brought in a lot of traffic, and I'm just like you know what? I just got out of a business because I was good at it. Yeah. And the advertising world. I want to I want to keep going to things that I think aren't going to work out. To you know, maybe they're because you could be an underdog and be creative and yeah. all that. So that's the that's the history um, behind it. So now it's been 15 years, and um, I thought maybe uh, we could start next with Caleb and talk about how you pick, got pick involved. Up. Sure, sure, yeah. And then we'll do, and then we'll go to to Mike and Brian and, and Sophie and maybe talk about what's currently happening, and then we'll skip to what do we want to do for the next 15 years before we're all like 60 or 70. So. Uh, 15 years ago, I owned a computer arcade or a land center, like a cyber cafe kind of thing. Uh, so Brian, I was throwing competitions on that. I got to help test out the source engine for, for Valve. We got to have Counter-Strike Source before the public did, and we got to test it out. It was really cool. Uh, but that, along with my web design agency, tank and bankrupted me and it was a nightmare and hackaday ended up being my outlet uh for all those frustrations around 2008. uh so uh i i wanted an outlet i started writing i reached out to elliot phillips who was running the site during that time and he hired me i suspect he hired me uh because he just didn't care anymore because he was kind of under the under the boot of um some of the, the things on his shoulders at the time. Well, um, it got turned into a Mahalo site. So you want me to fill that in a little bit? Well, well I can I can you get into that in a minute. Way better. Because we don't have a non-disparagement. You know what I mean? We can say whatever okay. the fuck we want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to speak for Elliot is all. So yeah. I'll get into it after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Elliot kind of reduced his his influence more and more. And I was given directives like, we're, we're going to move from one post a day to multiple posts a day for more traffic. And that was my job. Well, it's innovation. They were asking me, you know, what what would you do to broaden the audience a bit on this? And I my, I wanted to keep everything as it was, except I wanted color in the images. You had a script, or or maybe we did it manually. I don't remember, but all the images were black and white. Since then, yeah, it's there, been downhill. There, there's, there's <laughs> a little bit of, there was a little bit of both because I had to make a template thing. It'd be easier now with like modern web tools. But. And then from the moment that I that I switched it to color on the images, the comments started that everything was going downhill and I was ruining it. <laughs> uh, things went on that way with just me and maybe a couple other freelancers for uh, a short while. And then Elliot was going to move on and I pitched moving up and... Um, there was a, a kind of interim period where another guy kind of ran it with me, but all he did was collected a paycheck. And all this time, I had only spoken with 
Jason Calacanis maybe once or twice by email. So at this point, I had been working there over a year and I had just gotten like maybe an email of, you know, so you exist kind of thing. And Elliot was gone. And finally, I, I, I don't remember the timeline if I had already hired you. My, I didn't hire you. Elliot hired you. Elliot hired me. Yeah. I, you usually correct me on that because I say it wrong. <laughs> I don't remember if he, if how the timeline worked out, but I ended I ended up finally stepping up and and like asking to run the site instead of just kind of half half-assed kind of keeping it alive. And that's when uh, Jason Calacanis, the owner, really stepped in. Now, people who aren't aware, he had no interest in Hackaday um in terms of the content and the community he's a a businessman who who does other things and you can look him up and see what other stuff he does but hackaday to him was just an investment so he wanted to inflate it and sell it and i was given directives that started getting crazier and crazier on growth that i had to get and we got a lot of growth we we started pushing the youtube channel we started pushing more and more and more content Mike Stish was my uh, lead content producer, pumping out nonstop content like a machine. <laughs> um, and at one point, I think we had 15 or 20 people contributing. I, I don't recall directly. But anyway, the directives got more and more extreme to the point that at one point I was given something like, I don't know if you remember, Mike, it was like 60 or 90 days to double or triple our uh profits and viewers um and i'm, I'm glad while, i wasn't part of that deadline that's that's rough <laughs> well for for a while i put up with it at one point uh, i got an email fire everybody today <laughs> we did um and then like a week later jason was upset because traffic was down and so I, we kind of brought some people back on i think mike you actually emailed him directly and pitched why you should be one of the people hired back on um Actually, but, uh, I wasn't. I was the one that was kept on. You were kept on. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that was the result. Why everybody the mic today? Yeah. yeah, I think I think Caleb advocated for me and said, "There's nothing's going to get written if Mike's not around." And so, Pretty thank you for that. That was probably. very good. So after these extreme directives, at one point he he made a comment about, uh, you know, if you can't make these growths, I don't see why I have you here. And something switched in my mind. I was like, wait a minute, you have this relationship backwards. Um, so I'm just going to quit the end. And I wrote a post and quit. And I talked with Adafruit. You guys were going to hire me. That's right. And, um, I ended up getting another offer that was uh, a whole lot more money that didn't work out great in the end. But anyway, it was a whole lot more money. So you guys were gracious enough to say like, go get your money and we'll talk later. Um, but yeah, I quit Hackaday. And, and at that point is when, uh, the talks started happening with supply frame. Yeah, and just to be fair, so if you know Jason Kelkanis, this is all normal, by the way. He's, he, it's like a pet shark. It's like, ow, pet shark bit me. It's like you have a pet shark. So like, <laughs> like when I when I left, he 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 sent over paperwork and he was going to sue me for two million dollars, because he's like, I don't want you to leave, so I'm going to sue you. And I have it. It's super cute, but it's not real. Like he's like, are you signed a thing? And I'm like, that's not my name or my signature. Eh. He, like it's just like super like. Like Silicon Valley, crazy. Where's he? Where he now? I think he just like invest his investor. He, he tried, to to him. He tried to run for governor, mayor of California. Yeah, it, but the, it's like serial entrepreneur. This is what it's like. So I never, I never took it personal. That was one of the reasons I retired out because I'm like, 
I didn't want to be in this situation where like that was all going on. Plus I was a big traffic driver and just like, I really, and I could do those things like double, triple cool. But I wanted to do that for like the right reasons, not for like, Oh, we have a video game site and like a, or like a cooking site. Like I don't yeah. want to. One of the, do, one of the directives was, uh, I was supposed to turn it into makeup hacks because that was true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And crazy directives like that from yeah. now I will say something positive about Jason, uh, just because I like to I like to get something positive out there about anybody. It was so nice, nice giving ideas to Jason. Because he would say, No, that's not gonna work. Forget about it. Or okay, yes, we'll try it. Get me a hit list and get me a budget. And that was it. There was no hums and haws and maybe yeah a decision maker to, to be yeah i was gonna say to be fair that's how hackaday essentially started i'm like hey like let's do a site hackaday and then i think jason was like oh we should do a bunch of a day sites so it was like cooking a day and like painting a day and i'm just like no like i just want to do hackaday um and then <laughs> oh that's so funny that's yeah, how it started that was one of the yeah he had a bunch of these domains and he also and what did was the definition of a hack at that time. Well, he didn't care about that. It was, um, that wasn't about that. It was about, like, <laughs> yeah, it was about how many it. blog posts you can get up for day. No, it was about eyeballs. This was the eyeballs. Yeah. And so one of the things that happened too was I think Jason bought Netscape or part of the assets and there was this thing called Mahalo. And that's, Mahalo was uh, a search engine or a destination. It had something to do with Netscape. Like a portal or something. And he, and he bought it. And during one of the periods of Hackaday, all the links started getting changed. So if you were to write about Nokia, instead of it going to like Nokia site, it would go to mahalo.com slash Nokia. And I think in 2013, I wanna say 2013, I don't know when it was, but like the Google and the SEO people are like, stop doing this, this is Yeah, not, the Panda update happened and then yeah. it actually, it kind of killed it. So it was like, like 2010, I think, and it was catastrophic. Like yeah. everybody got good too, right? <laughs> but then what was neat is the site kind of reset mm -hmm. and then it, it it did what it normally did, which is like, here's yeah. a bunch of cool projects and hacks and stuff like that. and then. Jason posted up like, hey, I want to find a good home for it. We were, I was thinking of purchasing it. I was like, well, but I already did that. And I'm like, I already like blog on Adafruit and I already did the make blog. I'm just like, why would I do that? And then when I saw Supply Frame got it, I thought that was a good home because I'm like, okay, they're in the biz. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so fast forward. Um, oh, so Caleb, do you have any, any other things? I feel like there's a little bit of a therapy session for you. Sorry I invited you to do this, but. Uh. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, I feel like I could go on all kinds of long-winded stories about the trials and tribulations during that period, but I won't. I think that's a good enough yeah. synopsis. That's, that's, I think that's a good overview. Also, this is like how all, this, yeah, it was like, this was blogging in the like early 2000s. Yeah. Like it was, it was wild west. Everyone was doing blogs and it, I'm really happy that Hackaday is still around. Not every site is. And Gadget's still around. Gizmodo's still around. And definitely, it's a, it's a definitely number of people, they are. Like a lot of people have written for Hattie. Like it's kind of surprised if you look at the blog role historically. Yeah. There's like like 50 or 60 people all doing really cool stuff now. Yeah. Put some time or you know, in the in their career path, they were for Hackaday. Yeah. Very common. Okay. So today, uh, Mike, you posted up kind of a, a nice overview. I like metrics and numbers and stats myself. So I like that you put lots of things like how many posts and how, how long you've been doing stuff. So uh, you've been running the site with the team for a while. What's been going on since uh, we've, we handed you the keys to this packed up car? So yeah, Caleb went off to find his fame and fortune and Supply Frame came into the picture. I'd never heard of them before. It was actually the CEO, Steve Flagg, who called and was like, hey, Caleb said that you should run this thing. And I was like, ooh, I don't know. It's been kind of a bad year. 
And uh, he was just very persistent. We kept talking about the things that they liked. And one of the things that I keyed in on uh, was that they said they really wanted to support open hardware, which is, I think, kind of the heart and soul of the Hackaday community is like, hey, let's all learn about hardware. Let's learn. Let's all learn about engineering, but let's all share and talk about what, what we're learning. And I think that's very important. Um, and so I said, hey, I'll, I'll give you like, you know, 20, 30 hours a week. And then it just went amazingly well. Within like a month, I was working full time. We were hiring a ton of new writers and doing really great content for the first time. We had pretty reasonable budgets for for getting projects. And um, I think it was the first time we started to have some travel budgets, which was amazing. Um, that was maybe the first. That was, yeah, that would have been the first time I'd gone to Maker Fair Bay Area. Um, was supply frame said, "Hey, let's go there," and had a ton of fun doing it. And along the way. Uh, they were asking about what we thought we could do best for the community. And we said, you know, project hosting would be really important, giving people a persistent place to kind of write about what they're doing and then be able to talk back and forth with, with each other that is like connected with the Hackaday community. That was like, I don't know, six weeks between that conversation. And then uh, the CTO Alexander Bradish said, hey, I have something to show you. And they showed us like the first alpha version of Hackaday.io and it was really awesome. Um, that launched, so they bought the site in July of 2013 and Hackaday.io started in, I'd say midwinter, uh, you know, four months later, five, well, I guess six months later. Um, and it's gone like crazy ever since. So uh, as far as the timeline, was did Brian join or did Sophie join first, which? Uh, Brian? Oh, definitely Brian. Okay. All right, so Brian, how did you how did you come into this? Uh, uh, yeah, so what were, you, what were you doing 15 years ago, too? <laughs> oh, what were you doing 15 years ago? Yeah, uh, I was working for the Kerry campaign, but that's fine because Hunter S. Thompson can only kill himself once. Um, <laughs> so uh, what the Kerry campaign? It's fine. It's a suicide joke. Was yeah. Kerry, remember he ran for president? Oh, that Kerry campaign. Yeah. You're a political, Brian. Okay, never mind. Moving on. He's a wonk. <laughs> Can't you tell? Anyway, okay, um, I think uh, one of the rounds where Caleb was looking for writers, he just uh, put something up somewhere, right? Like, what was that, Reddit or something? It's like, hey, like, yeah, like, hey, we need some writers for, like, that's, that's so cool. And because, uh, yeah, I remember being really depressed and reading all of Hackaday at, like, three in the morning. <laughs> Have things really changed? I mean, are you describing last night or just 15 years ago? Oh, this is 15 years ago. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you decided, let me take this feeling and bring it to a wider audience. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of my life goals was to have something on the front page of Hackaday. And then, it, oh, then it happened like every day and it got, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but uh, Caleb put something up somewhere. It's like, hey, we need writers for Hackaday. It's like, boy, that's fucking cool. I can do that maybe so i started doing that and i started writing and then i jason calcanes happened <laughs> I, I would i would like to add it that, is like the weather he is like the weather that's how i i'm just like, oh, like sometimes like the weather is weird you know? the best line for him is that he hosts the immaculately named twit podcast that's right oh yeah, yeah him and leo lafort got in they, a big they, fight. they got in a super fight because he had like this week in yeah. startups and he had and and Leo has this week in tech. And then of course, yeah. then he's like, he's like, okay, this weekend, this weekend, hack a day, a day. Just like yeah. the same it's not, nothing better than seeing like two dudes argue about 
podcast stuff. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Somebody just on the YouTube. Somebody just put the it's Wikipedia. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, All right. So you started writing on the site, and what what were you? What were you able to write about? Some of these things you do electronics, do some coding. What yeah. Was your, yeah. Do, do electronics coding. Um, write about everything, really. Which I'm. I, I actually. If I had to pick a favorite, it's always like the one weird off mechanical builds, right? Because there's there's somebody on YouTube that's been building like an, a 60 foot sailboat in their driveway in Oklahoma for the last decade. It's like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did they I'll, I'll tell you some of the genesis of the site, and this carried over to make, and it carried over to other things. I thought that a lot of this was going on. Like people were always making things. Like that's not new, but a place where people can go and see all of these things and use something like the internet to search for it. Yeah. And then you start to see these communities, like the sailing community that probably watches that year long, 10 year long project, whatever, they eventually need electronics and like vice versa. So there's there's a lot, there's not like one way to find someone who might be interested in what you're doing. There's easy ways to complain online and like tweet at people, but there's not a place where you could be like, oh, that's cool, or like, let me search for that. And the way like Google works, and when you type in a search engine, it's really difficult to find stuff. And the only thing I could think of is like, well, if we curate it in some way and do a little bit of work, it'll be easier for people to connect up together. So, okay, that sounds good, Brian. It looks like you found you found something you were, you were interested yeah. in. Yeah, and then uh, lived through the Calcanes days, and then Supply Frame bought us, and then what was it? Yeah, like five, yeah, five years ago, um, I flew out to LA. Hey, we're doing a 10th anniversary party. Woo, that's cool. Neat. And then um, that was great. The supply frame's been great. The hackaday.io just happened. I, I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like day by day, right? It's like slowly but surely it gets better. More people use it. Now it's like the destination for hardware yeah. sharing. Just a, the thing was done. Oh, okay. We'll do yeah. That. I also think there's other things that came up where, so Instructables was around, then they got bought by Autodesk. Um, Make tried a couple of times over the years to have like project mm -hmm. sites. Yeah. Um, Hackster came along, but that's owned by Avnet. Um, there's also Dazuki, which is the system that runs iFixit. I fix it, yeah. And then we made learn.adafruit.com right. specifically for like our, our products and you, no one no one can just post whatever they want. It's actually right. authors. Um, but I, I have seen over time where if you build something where people can share their projects, they'll do it. But you do have to kind of keep an eye on it. Yeah. Like there's times where if it's like Instructables is very contest heavy and eventually people are like, you know what? Like I don't want to enter a contest. And so they'll find another place where it's very specific to electronics. Yep. They'll probably go to Hackday.io mm -hmm. or something like right. Hackster. Yeah. But it is a bit of a challenge when some of these bigger electronic companies start to buy some of these things. Yep. So like Avnet owns Hackster. Yep. So I, I'm hoping there's never going to be a time where the electronic companies determine the content. So I think yeah. everyone's done a good yeah. job with what's, what's going on so mm -hmm. far. That's yeah. been really important and really key through the years with supply frame is that they've given us editorial independence. And so we do have the freedom to post about and talk about what they want. Um, and they've been very community driven on the project hosting website, where it is the people that are on the site that are building the things and talking about the things that are really guiding us and driving that lifeblood. And, and 
I can't, I couldn't be happier with the way that that's gone down. Yeah, the thing I was worried about was editorial independence, and that's why I'm like, if it's AOL, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do about it, even before that wave was coming. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I could do other things, and at Make, I had, I could write about anything I wanted as well. So I think that's one of the like lessons learned. And if right. folks are thinking of doing a community site or something like a Hackaday, um, whatever you do is build. Whatever you do, build in a way for the editors to always be independent, and for the people who are sharing stuff not to have to do something specific because of who owns the thing. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So you got anything else, Brian, before I move on to Sophie? No. Okay. So we'll keep doing this. All right. Sophie, how, Sophie. Did, you, how did you come across? Sufficient. Can I closer? Come closer. closer. I don't bite. I mean, I do, but only if you ask. <laughs> nice. Um, how did I come here? Well, I knew Brian for a pretty long time from Maker Fairs and probably since about I don't even know, maybe like 2011, 2012. I might've known Mike too sort of peripherally. And in 2014, I ran into Brian at Hope and he persuaded me to enter the Hackaday Prize. And at that time I was an engineering consultant. I had my own consulting company. And then 2015, Mike posted an ad for someone to run the Hackaday Prize. And I was like, oh, I could probably do that. Did you enter the Hackaday Prize? 2014, I entered. Okay. Is the prize you get a job at Hackaday? Yeah. And then 2015, <laughs> I prize. got a job. First prize you get a job. Well, he knows like. So sick. Yeah. Sophie, how did you apply for that job? Oh, uh, I sent, I think I sent it to you or to yeah. Hackaday, a yeah. picture. I tweeted a unicorn. Of you heard farting a rainbow, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like well, that. Did it work? It did. So it yeah, I, I, think, I think there were no words or anything. It was like the only person that didn't send something boring sent something <laughs> awesome, and it yeah. was Sophie. A lot of business books say that now. Like they, send a send a picture of a unicorn farting a yep, rainbow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Mike and I had a call, and then I talked to some other people at Supply Frame, and within like a couple of weeks, I was on board was pretty fast. So I'm almost at five years and okay. I've you know, been work, working on a bunch of So you came days. in around the 10 year anniversary. Yeah. I and came Hackaday in I was around and Hackaday yep. Prize was around because you yep. entered it and then later on yep. you helped run it. Yep. Got yep. it. So that was like, I came a year after Hackaday IO had started and a year after Hackaday Prize had started. And that was the year we started Supercon. Yeah, I was going to say, how did Supercon come about? Uh, a Supercon started, the first conversation was me and our CTO, Alexander Bradish, and we were talking about hardware conferences. Basically, like that thing about not having editorial independence, you know, just having a yeah. lot of content that's very salesy and driven by the companies that are supporting the conferences. So we decided we wanted to have a conference that didn't have any sponsors or any sponsors that were driving the content. And then Chris Gamble and I had also been talking about, Chris Gamble used to work at Splyframe. We've been yeah. talking about this for a while, kind of fantasizing about the conference that we wanted. Yeah. And then boom, we got, Supplyframe was like, all right, we'll fund this thing, make it happen. And yeah. so, uh, making your dreams come well, true. Yeah. At the time, One short unicorn at a time. Well, at the time, and also even over the last 15 years, like, so tech conferences, they're, they're really boring. And it was just like a bunch of dudes talking about like programming and like you couldn't do anything. And then Maker Faire came along and that was great. But then it got really big and it's like 150,000 people. And it's like, yeah. oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And I helped run the, the first one, second one, I think maybe four or five or six of them. And then when I saw Supply Frame, I'm like, yeah, like this is exactly what you want to see. After a community gets to a certain point, 
lots of more specific. Yeah. It's a little bit more engineering than hope. Yeah, but less, hope is that, well, hope is the last couple of years, and it was like maybe they're going to have it, maybe they weren't. Yeah. Defcon, you have to really be in the Defcon. Security Def focused. Yeah, yeah Def but there wasn't. Amazing. Yeah, there wasn't really any like hardware specific yeah. events. Um, you could kind of like pick and choose within. There's Maker open Fair. hardware, but it's also yeah. it has open hardware. Some like, wasn't around yet. Social yeah. and, and political sure. aspects. And Supercon is really it's a hardware conference. It's hardware hacking. Yeah. 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 Okay. And do you, offhand, does anyone remember anything like how many attendees were at the last Supercon or anything? Four hundred. Four hundred. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Over four hundred. I I say we sold oversold by at least ten percent on that. We we did, but uh, four hundred attendees and then a hundred more volunteers. Uh, staff yeah that kind of thing yeah it i think it's really it's really precious because we can't get any bigger with that venue which right. i think is perfect because that is one of the things that i think is a huge challenge is like what if we want to have 2x or 5x or 10x the people mm -hmm. it's very difficult to keep your culture and so i'd love to sell more tickets and get more people in there but it's been working really well for many years now yeah one of the things that I think it, you could say this for microcontrollers too. Constraints are good. Mm -hmm. It makes you more creative. <laughs> yeah. Like you can do a lot with a microcontroller mm -hmm. because you can't do everything. Like it's yeah. just like, okay, I can only do this. So I better really focus on these little things that it can do. Yeah. If I want to do everything, I'll just get a computer. Yeah. Um, but I think when you have a, a, a smaller number of people, you can do more workshops. You can yeah, do, I mean, there's like, this is something actually, I'll throw this to Mike in a second because kind of spearheading our badge this year because it's so small we're doing an fp a pga badge this year which mm -hmm. is a really kind of new for like many many people it's new for everybody yeah, yeah for, really statistically it it's new for everybody right. like no one knows what an fpga is <laughs> so yeah. the badge is an fpga badge and we because it's such a small conference we have the freedom to run multiple workshops that are beginner workshops like getting to blinky and i'll, I'll just throw it to you mike because you know much more about this yeah, so Sprite TM, Jeroen Domberg, who is at Espressive, but is my favorite hacker in the entire world, um, has spoken at maybe every one of our conferences or pretty close to it. Every one um, of them, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's always just an amazing thing. And he emailed in like January, he's like, I would like to do a badge and it should be an FPGA. It should have all these amazing features and just rattle them off. And, and other people had suggested FPGAs and I was, I was like, oh, the, the the bar is so high for that. Like manufacturing's difficult and you have to build so much more of the firmware and software. But if anybody can do it, he can. And uh, Sophie and I both have one of the first prototypes and I'm very excited. If we end up with software running on it, I will be way more excited than I am right now. I'll, I'll be really <laughs> excited to get to Hello World this okay. year. Yes. Yeah. But I we have time. We have time. You have to change your mind. You're like, everything's running at the same time. What the fuck? Like, well, there's also yeah. a spectrum. I think if you go to a Hackaday Supercon and your badge doesn't work, that's okay. But if you go to DEF CON, I think they're, they're a little bit more like a gift item now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Brian, you've been following the, the badge life world for a bit, and I think you recently. Do you know anything about? Do you know anything stuff? about badges? How, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> about um about badges. So you've been you've been keeping an eye on what's happening in the the badge world from DefCon. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan made one of <laughs> the more popular badges yeah. last year. So you had a badge, and I assume you burnt out. That's why you didn't get one this year. Well, no, I didn't. Oh, hold up, let me find it here. Uh, yeah, so this thing, right? And yeah. 
Yeah. So this is this is a dumb terminal badge. But like it that's it. Oh wait. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna try something here. Hold on. Okay. Stuck. Wait. Uh, okay. okay. That's not, That's too. Far. Okay, we're going traveling. There's literally a VT100 like right there. That's cool. Uh, anyway. But you um, build you build badges in previous. I mean, like you don't have to build a badge every year. I mean, even Joe Grant skipped a year. So what what badges have you done before? Uh, let's see. We did the Mr. Robot thing. Uh, we have the Tindy. This is this is a high water mark for a while, but we have the multicolor Tindy guy. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just made like 2,000, 3,000 little Hackaday pins. Yeah. And we have yeah. 10,000 of the Tindy guys that are not the David Bowie. No, but, yeah, I have, there's another one that I'm hoping to get ready for Supercon, which is the literally the most complex board I've ever seen because it's just, it's too much. And how does, you know, it's, it's you've, you, not that you've changed directions, but you know, you were a writer for a really long time and now you're doing this engineering. How does that mesh? Like how does like how does philosophically you think your brain has like encompassed both writing for Hackaday for a while and now moving to doing hardware design? Like are you have, did you learn stuff from doing Hackaday? Are you are you more um, sympathetic to people who post projects? Like what what have you learned? What's your well, I, I the key thing is that you try just you need to understand things fast i think mm -hmm. right like right now like um i was talking to somebody about the super the for supercon the badge life wall so we're going to have a literal wall of shitty add-on connectors right and it's just a giant PCB, but you need to go through, like, how do you get the power? Oh, that's a lot. You need, that's a lot of power. So we're gonna just gonna use a computer power supply. Well, oh crap. How do you yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah, it's not as easy. No, it's not, it's not doing a museum in. installation. There's and a lot it's of like, people. well, what if someone unplugs it? How does it start up? What if someone touches it? Like, okay, we have to put it behind glass. So yeah. Working on? Yeah, so it's, yeah. You just need to understand things fast. And I think if, if you do the, I, when you take it that way, there's really no difference between engineering and writing. Yeah. You have to quickly absorb mm -hmm. a lot and then be able to synthesize something based yeah. on that, what you've learned. And also be able to get into that part of your brain where you can focus for longer than five minutes at a time. Yeah. So Caleb, what do you what do you do? Because you're I, I see you on your like Instagram and your your tweets. You're you're making something really interesting, but then you have to go write about it. Like how how do you switch gears like that? Because it's it's sometimes challenging. That's actually been the key to my career. Um, I'm I'm not diagnosed with anything, but I have kind of a an ADD tendency where I I can't focus on anything for too long. Um, I, and I think a lot of people do. I'm, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I'm special in any way, but luckily my career has been uh, benefited from that in that I can bounce from, you know, topic to topic to topic to, you know, making something to writing about it to editing video and back and forth. And that seems to keep me sane. Um, 
So, you know, if you just kind of harness that inability to focus, you can, you can pull some productive stuff out of it. Um, I, I procrastinate by getting stuff done that aren't the thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I found rebelling against things like, oh, I'm frustrated with this project, so I'll show you projects not working out and then go to the other one. It is hard sometimes. Um, this is something that happened to me after um, I retired from Make to help Lamore with Adafruit. I can't write about this industry the same way because I'm connected to an electronics company. So even if we're working on something that I know is going to work out and it's going to be great, I can't do the like, why Feather One? And it's here to stay. Like I wrote this article on Make called Why Arduino One, Why It's Here to Stay. It has nothing to do with the company has nothing to do with the shape of the board. It's like why this approach and philosophy for electronics worked out. I can't really write that article because I think Python's going to work out pretty well. Um, Mike just had a, a, a thing about a MicroPython badge. Yeah. And, I, and I quoted Mike on Hackaday because it's like a big deal. It's like MicroPython is like looking pretty good for electronics. If I say stuff like that now, I, it's always going to be subject rightfully to like, well, of course you're going to say that because yeah. you're working on that. So it's, um, it's like that scene in Blade Runner where um, Deckard says it's just business yeah. and Rachel is like, I am a business. Like you can't really write about some of the stuff if you're that yeah. deeply connected to it. And I, I try to, we have an editorial, you know, principles on Adafruit, but no matter what, like we're an electronics site. So if we're writing about something, it's, even if we're writing about quote competitors, that's one of the harder things. So I, I'm a little jealous of, of Caleb and and Mike, Brian, and Sophie, because you get to kind of do whatever you want, and no one says like, "Well, you're in the pocket of like big, yeah. big well, Adafruit." <laughs> make, make, uh, make gets that a lot. We get that accusation a lot, and it is a, kind of a gray area because we do have lots of sponsors. But that was something I did love about Hackaday during that period. We didn't have a single sponsor. All we had was Google Ads, and we didn't make much money on that. Yeah. And so, like, I remember we would get. We got a couple of cease and desists. One we took down because Jason didn't want to deal with it. But usually we could just be like, no, go away. And like <laughs> yeah. we could be rambunctious and annoying and and kind of, you know, rebellious in a way that I haven't been able to be since. Um, just because there wasn't much on the line. I mean, there, you know, we didn't have sponsors. Yeah, we didn't have like, yeah, I got like five bucks in Google AdWords. Yeah, yeah. I do think folks probably get treated so badly in life and online that they're just like so skeptical of everything. Yeah. So if there's a Raspberry Pi post on a site, oh, you're you're part of Raspberry Pi and you're just pushing Raspberry Pi because you're somehow connected to ARM or Broadcom. It's like, no. And it's like, I feel bad for people because they can't enjoy stuff. They have to have shields up all the time. And yeah. probably a lot of stuff out there is, you know. I think that's a distraction though. Like yeah. people find a reason to dislike something so that they don't actually have to do the work. Yeah, yeah that's true. That might be it. Okay, so one thing, um, when uh, Brian was showing some stuff, so Hackaday also has Tindy. Uh, who wants to take that? How did Tindy? Um, me and Mike and three other people were in Boston, right? Mike, we were in Boston. When the news came through, you were there. Um. I think we had. I don't know. I remember being in San Francisco, and um, uh, oh, e Emil is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Emil yeah. Emil emailed me, and we had a call, and he said, 
I'm running out of runway and I really love this site and I just can't bear to see it not go on. Um, and then I connected him with Alec and I think that's the last, that's the last I remember until, until we heard that they were coming on board. Yeah, I got the same email from Emil. He's at Netflix, I think, still. And he's like, do you want to buy? Oh, he's not on Netflix. I can run. Well, we, I think that's where he went afterwards. Please go. Okay, no. Spain selling watches. <laughs> that's exactly a good point. Netflix. Um, yeah. but, and, but talk and, about and, another site that has a really great origin story, right? I mean, he just put himself into that to try and get everyone in to have a level playing field to to list their products in you know to people who were going to accept something that wasn't in a case and was made to be hacked and tinkered with and i love that story yeah yeah with tindy that was that was one of the things that helped us too because a lot of people were like oh, i want to sell my stuff on the adafruit mm -hmm. site and we're like you know what there's just there's like four customers so there's there was etsy yeah and it wasn't really appropriate and i don't think etsy was even letting electronics in at the time and so there wasn't. Now they're it, letting in everything. Now they'll let it. Yeah, and you can do whatever. <laughs> I listed you earlier, yeah. actually. Oh, so. thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, and Tindy filled that void mm -hmm. where if you are a, a manufacturer or you just want to put some stuff out there, right? And a lot of times, if someone has a successful Tindy, eventually they might want to scale up more, and they're like, "Hey, Adafruit," and that's maybe when we'll buy like a hundred from them and put them in our store or something like that. But we usually say, "Hey, see how it does there first. Um, and then like have good documentation. Good advice, yeah. yeah, and if they're yeah, like, we're still documentation. Well, yeah, beta, customers. Or instructables or, yeah. right. It's a good way to test the market. Too. Yeah, yeah, we do we do that a lot. People say like, oh, I have this like really specialized like mm -hmm. robot control. And I'm like, wow, that's like really specialized. This is a good Tindy yeah. option. We'll blog about it and we'll say, hey folks, check out this yeah. cool thing. But it might not make sense for you know, to unleash like hundreds of thousands of Adafruit customer on this uh, like, yeah. thing. There's yeah. one person who's like, hey, it, it does a robot. Also, I don't think yeah. people are trained how to run yeah. companies. Like, you could be a really good engineer, yeah. but a terrible business person, or a great business person, a terrible engineer. Like, it's hard Has to nothing to do with each other. Totally yeah. separate. Yeah. So, you're saying it was Emil and Hill? Um, I think Emil was the founder, and Julia Grace, uh, who is, uh, she, she ran engineering. Okay. And I forgot where she went now. But, All right. Yeah. So, then. Okay, Mike, you were going to say something? So, you said. Yeah, it's no, our. No, uh, Oh, sorry. It's our colleague Jasmine Brackett at Supply Frame now, who's been just cranking on Tindy for a long time, and she's done amazing things in really like listening to the the sellers who are the ones that design the hardware and are and are listing it and making sure that that the site's responsive to their needs. Like if you ever go to any events and Jasmine's there, there's always awesome Tindy meetups. I think we're gonna have a big Tindy event at uh, Hackaday Super Conference this year. Um, and so she's totally a fun person. If you're ever interested in, in you know, what Tindy's all about, you should totally get in contact with Jasmine. The other thing is that um, that Twitter account, the Tindy Twitter account, it has, uh, it'll ping with the new products, which is a great way to just see the that's weird, cool. crazy yeah, stuff that's, cool. that's out there. That's cool. It's an RSS feed on Twitter. Um, all right. So I want to switch gears a little bit. And um, like maybe you can talk about your article that you did today and maybe some of the I have it pulled up here. Maybe some of the the stats. So how many how many articles? How many days? What what's what's been going on on the site? Yeah. So the crazy thing about Hackaday is that the writers and editors are really just a small part of it. Uh, 
It's the community that's doing the projects and talking about the awesome stuff that really matters. And so looking at this, having 34,000 articles over the last 5,477 days is awesome. I think that metric of 903,114 comments is incredible. I did check that multiple times because it's like 26 comments per article. And if you go on there, uh, sometimes we'll be talking about concepts or like things that the companies had done way in the past. And more often than not, you'll see someone pop up that was like, oh, hey, I was on that engineering team. I, you know, that was really awesome. Uh, there was an article a couple of years ago about uh, putting pictures on the die on when they're making new silicon. And somebody popped in from an article like two years ago and said, oh, hey, I was I was the one who did the bicycle picture on that silicon die. And so I love having like the hive mind of Hackaday and just seeing how that changes over the years. Um, so with this article, we tried to look back at what technology uh, was like in 2004 when Phil started the site and how much better we have things now. At some point I talk about a, a civilized age coming in because if you, you know, Caleb, if you think about those articles we used to cover when, when I was new back in 2009, it was like a WRT 54G router on top of, you know, whatever. Like that was what you put on everything because you didn't have a Raspberry Pi and you didn't have an easy way to connect it to the internet. And it was difficult to get um, microcontrollers cheaply and easily at first. And I, I just think all around across the board, it's amazing what you can build in an afternoon today. And that just wasn't possible 15 years ago. And that's kind of what the article is about. You know, one thing I miss about about those days, and I'm not saying those were the good old days or anything. One thing I miss is the aesthetics. Every project looked different. And now we have beautiful boards coming out. Everybody's putting out beautiful <laughs> boards, but there's some uniformity now that's just a little bit different. Anyway, go on. Brian, what are some of your good memories from those uh, those battle days before Raspberry Pi and ESP8266? Everybody has a 3D printer now, which yeah. is that's good or bad because everything's 3D printed. Yeah. Well, what about everything machine tool? Like this guy just built this robot arm on a gantry on his desk because he could and then hooked it up to computer vision to like sort stuff. That's amazing. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there's there's no good way to do like a here's a 15 year celebration of Hackaday, yeah. and then let's talk about the technology. But there are things like remember when there was all the two hundred dollar three D printer kickstarters oh, that came. Oh, yeah. Remember when there was the MakerBot clones? Remember MakerBot ago. went from open source to yeah. closed source? Like all this stuff that we just lived through the last fifteen years. And for three D printers, just because Brian mentioned this, like they're they're around a lot, but. I think they said it's now settled on people who will actually use them. I think a lot of people got them and they're like 3D printed Yoda head, and then that was it. Yeah. And that's a little unfortunate. It's a little break. And then we break and they're like, yeah, 3D yeah. printer suck. But now, if you kind of like, you have the low end ones and you kind of will use it for things. And then there's high end ones where you'll send it off somewhere. Yeah. But I don't think there's as much like, okay, like this is going to be like the replicator from Star Trek and I'm going to see what I can do. And then you see a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like that seems to have gone away. Sure. Not only in the yeah. market, but I it, I don't hear people like, oh my god, a three D printer. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like I think there's more uniformity, but it's not it's not necessarily bad in some cases. Like I, for example, like yes, everyone is using the same Debian based single board Raspberry Pi like Linux computers, but um, frankly, it was impossible. Everybody had a different WRT router and a different version 
of, you know, and there was a fork in Light, I don't remember the name of it, but like with w open WRT, like it was impossible to replicate anything because everyone was using these weird ass forks or like you'd have a 3D printer and you could only print, like the files would only work on one printer. Now there's, there's more uniformity, but it means like people can start with something that works. Yeah. yeah, like everyone sort of agrees, like, hey, here's like the basics that we're going to to start with, rather than. So it takes forever to master, but it's different. easier to get started in doing something. Yeah, and it it may be more uniform on the boards now, but thanks to all the 3D printers that are out there, now we're seeing people who, uh, aren't necessarily as technically minded getting in and building things, and we get all the diversity that comes with that, where what they build around the circuits is now so much bigger and crazier and cooler and diverse than it used to be. Yeah, the thing that you mentioned before about the person coming into the comments a couple of years later is like, oh, I worked on the silicon die for that. That was one of the ideas behind Hackaday is if I cast it a big enough net, I'll eventually find a lot of people that they worked on something, couldn't talk about it for years, and they're retired now and they, they could start talking about it, <laughs> right? Because what happens, there's so, many, there's so many industries that you can't talk about anything. So in the Adafruit blog, we'll do like a retro hardware thing and someone's like, oh yeah, I worked on the original Newton. And they were at Apple, like you can never talk about what you do, but it's like like 30 years later, they could start yeah. to talk about it. So we're starting to see like people come out of the woodwork. There's also like, some of these companies are out of business, so they can't even sue. Yeah. You know, like if you were to start leaking some of these schematics out mm -hmm. or like I had to wait a while, I have all the videos of the Curio, the humanoid robot. So Sony oh. stopped making okay. it and I just waited and waited. It was out of advertising, I waited like five years and I'm like, Fucking, I'm posting up all these videos because they never wanted to show them booting up. They look like little old people and they fall over and stuff. It's not Sony brand. Right. And so it's really neat to get some of that behind the mm -hmm. scenes stuff. But if I did that, I would have been, you know, destroyed from orbit by like a very nice. <laughs> yes. and, and that's how it goes sometimes. Um, and later on at Make I did an article, if you're going to kill it, open source it. There's a lot of things that weren't open sourced that I think people are starting to do now. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, um, a couple other things that happened. Uh, Bunny was so early on on everything. He did the Chumbi. It was oh, an iPhone before the iPhone came out. Ah, he did, it had a he did the Chumbi board, which was the first. It was a Raspberry Pi pre Raspberry yeah, Pi. It, it was the Raspberry Pi before the Raspberry Pi. And like, yeah, it was great. You could do I squared C. Bunny's on Hack Day all the time. All his every single thing he does, we always stop whatever weird thing he is going to come up with. He's like, oh, I found a way to decrypt HDMI, and maybe someone's going to, you know take me to court, but, but it was so complex and weird. I, I feel bad for him because no one really cared. So it's just like, oh, neat. Like, well, you know, it's the NETV. Like it does something amazing, but mm -hmm. like it's, you can't explain it. So it's like, oh, it's like that whale that has like a different tone. So like it doesn't have any friends. Yeah. It's just singing alone but, in the ocean. But in, but in the last 15 years, iPhone came along. There was other, there was things that were just like the Raspberry Pi. Didn't quite happen. Um, um, fast internet. Fast internet, fast internet is here Everyone now. can do video, yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Wi-Fi was still kind of early. Yeah. There was it was kind of like a fun thing you did. Now yeah. it's like everything's wireless. Okay, so that's the past. So I want to talk about the future. Um, I'm going to talk about my to-do list, and let's see how we did. Um, and then we'll do you talk want to email Peter Rojas? And no, this was my email. It was from PT at Hackaday. It was April fifth. It's I to Jason, and I CC Peter Rojas and Brian Alvey. Brian was the programmer behind a lot of the web blogs. I think I don't know. He's the unknown guy. He's like the fifth Beatle oh. in that. And I said, okay, hi. Uh, all lowercase, by the way. Um, it is. After the launch, I'll see what I can do for these on my to-do list. Uh, Hackaday store for hackers. Which is now Tindy. Tindy. Yeah. yeah. Done. Done. Hackaday desktop calendar, a printed virtual device, this day in hacking resource. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. I'm using the Adafruit calendar actually that you sent me. We got an Adafruit calendar. Yeah. Um, Hackaday events. <laughs> um, one of the ideas was you would get free attendance or discounts if you send a hack in. Yes, right. we do. We yeah. do that yeah. for um, bring a hack. Mike. Is that a calendar? Check. Yes, it's my Hackaday calendar. Yeah. Okay, great. Hackaday um, badges, hack scouts, physical and virtual badges. Oh yeah, you did those though. You had the Hackaday sewn badge. It's yeah. in the store. Yeah. Also DIY.org did that. They got acquired by Little Bits. Little Bits just got acquired by Sphero. Yeah. Hacker Scouts came along while they I was at Make and they got sued by the Boy Scouts of America. <laughs> yeah, they learned you can't use the word scout. Scouts is one of those weird trademarks that the the Department of Agriculture owns along like with Smokey the Bear and 4-H that is way different than every other trademark. So basically you can't call something scouts. They found out the hard way. What a weird word. Super weird. It's, it's yeah. very weird. Yeah. Um, Hackaday subscription box. Adabox. <laughs> uh, yeah. Adabox. Also, yeah. there's hacker boxes. I'm a, I'm a subscriber to hacker boxes, and they kind of use the Hackaday aesthetic. Oh, really? This is a Yeah. Do yeah. yeah. you grab one? Yeah. Uh, Hackaday radio show, podcast. Hey, we started that this year. We just Whoa. recorded number 34 yeah. this morning. Yeah. Check that off. Um, Hackaday bounty, hacking for good. That's you did that for uh, you did that for Connect, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Hackaday didn't, but that was only because of Jason. Yeah, I, I there's a, there's a few of these. So um, the bounty thing comes up within on Hackaday IO periodically. People yeah. will be like, oh, yeah. we should do a bounty. Yeah, but Hacky for, for good. If it's pretty much the Hackaday yeah, prize. Yeah, I put bounty. Right? I put bounty because I knew your, Jason or someone yeah. be like, oh, what are you doing? But it was hacking for good. Like, what is there something that's closed source that could be open source? So my ideas were like voting machines, medical equipment, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, Hackaday Archive for Electronics. When companies go out of biz, Hackaday archives and publishes schematic source and its manuals. Mm. So I think that was like Wayback Machine style, mm -hmm. but for Hackaday. Um, Hackaday collector cards for hackers and or um, certain projects and chips. So it would be like a uh, a baseball card. Mm -hmm. I would not do that idea. Because one thing I also think about, so I don't. I think it's bad to worship individuals too much because you never know what's going to happen later. So like there are folks in the hacker scene, like it probably yeah. at one time it would have been good to have like a hacker baseball card and like way not good later. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like Jared the Subway guy, like yeah. Like you don't want to build your whole sandwich business around it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're seeing we ha just in the last couple of years we've seen a yeah. lot of people become unmasked. Yeah, so I think it's a better idea probably to um Really celebrate the project, celebrate the people, but maybe don't have, don't put them on a pedestal too much. Them, yeah, because yeah. it's probably not gonna work out. Um, Hackaday Hacker Museum and a hacking section in museums. We had last year. No, we didn't quite do that. But at Supercon, we had a badge life exhibit for the first time, and that mostly because they were almost all my badges. <laughs> Like all yeah. the years, it felt like your collection. Well, you're the curator. It felt, it felt like a badge museum. Actually, Magenta Strongheart curated it and put together the exhibit. It was, it was awesome. Okay. So I wish my our... name was Magenta Strongheart, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing, amazing name. name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> one of our, one of the people who works uh, with Adafruit. Her name is Nemesis. Really, her her I name. Her. That's yeah. Of oh, course, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I introduced you yeah, to her. Yeah. I'm just, and that's like that's a real. I'm like that's so cool. I wish my name was Nemesis. Anyways, fuck um, you up. Yeah. So that was, uh, I wrote all these August 5th, 2004. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad, right? Yeah. Over 15, you know, 15 yeah. years ago. Before it even got off the ground, right? It wasn't even a website. Yeah. yeah. So. Good stuff. Okay. So next up, the future. 
Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a round, round robin, as they say. Okay. Um, I'll start with Caleb. Caleb, you're working on make stuff, so you could probably do some of these things. Um, some of you can't, but what, generally speaking, what would you like to see on a Hackaday site, a Hackaday-like effort? You can even say things that you would like to do at Make. Um, what are you looking forward to in the next like short term? And then let's imagine 15 years from now. We'll stick to Hackaday to keep it clean and simple. Um, <laughs> you know, Hackaday is, is, I worry sometimes when I look at Hackaday that it will fall to the um, inevitable broadening that was started a long time ago and it will like kind of fracture and stuff all in the all in the name of growth um and i and i worry that it's gonna you know get watered down or whatever term you want to use uh too much but i think there are things that you could add even beyond what it has now like like learning paths for people who you know if you if you want to get into hacking uh old robots or old equipment here are the the 10 things you need to learn to be able to get started, you know? So if I wanted, if I saw Bunny's Xbox stuff and I was like, that's incredible. I want to be like him when I grow up. How do I get started doing that? Right now, it's it's incredibly easy to go find out, you know, how to make a lightsaber, but how to hack into a, an old antiquated piece of hardware and learn how to make it move, that's a little bit more difficult. And that's something that I think you know, these, these different kind of learning paths for some of that stuff that is really unique to this group, I think that would be really interesting to see integrated into Hackaday. Okay. All right. Brian, you got any things on your wish list for the, the short term in the next 15 years of online electronic sharing and more? Me? Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually going to say the the opposite of Caleb, where it had, where it's, um, where Caleb says that it, it needs to fracture. I, I see the future as dwindling because if Hackaday posts about old, hey, let's make a single board computer of a 6502. Well, you know, that's, that's literally 50 years old and 12 year olds now, if we want to get to 12 year olds, dude, like that was old 12 years ago. They want, Fortnite. So I see the main obstacle as um, as attrition, and to have Hackaday go forward, you would need to expand the audience. So, so more things to bring in more people because eventually these people are going to die. People die. Yeah, <laughs> we've heard it turns into like ham radio, where it's like they're they're just dying, and they're just like we don't understand why, but yeah, we can't like, understand why, but we can't do anything. Also, the last fifteen years, how did ham radio miss out on kind of the maker movement? They were definitely separate from. There's a lot of timing things that happen, mm -hmm. like it was the same time as Hackaday, but it's a very different, separate community, and there wasn't a lot of things to bring people together. Morse requirement. That was they got rid of that. Yeah. They, they did, but that's not that's not the problem. No, but when? So there's a, there's a I got similar parallel at least when I was 16. So it's been it's the, the, the Morse code requirements been gone for like 20 years. But it's also a perception. Like if, if folks still think there's a Morse code requirement, then it's like, well, you know, I don't want to do it because like that's crazy. Like I don't, I don't think that would be a deterrent though. That's not that's not the issue. Sometimes. I mean, it's it, it agreed any, it's any should be gone, but that's been gone for sure, over 20 sure. years. That's not the that's not the issue yeah. anymore. 2001. I think it's yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's also. I mean, it's different in the sense from from my perspective, 
when I've gone to like ham events, it's people using old equipment to talk to each other. It is not people designing equipment. Yeah. Right, so it's so, a social event. Yeah. yeah. And one it's of the things, Fortnite. And, and one of the things in the ham rainer world, like it is, it is slightly <laughs> older audience and there's a lot of like just talking about politics right. on ham radio. And I think a lot of us are escaping from that right now. Like, you know, the only thing I don't want to do is talk to some old dude about politics right now. Like still <laughs> not want to do it. I don't want to do it. Like, it's like I will watch nature shows. I will, I will binge on Netflix. I just do not want to talk about politics with some old guy. And I, I don't want a radio to help politics. me with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So for Brian, you want to uh, kind of bring out, bring, bring in more people. Um, one side story, Dean Kamen told me the story. He, he hangs out with like Boeing executives and all that. And he's always flying in their planes and he's all fancy. But he said one of the problems that the Boeing CEO said is like all the people who work on GPS satellites mm -hmm. and all the people who work on airplanes, they're old and they're dying. Mm -hmm. And we can't get enough people in aerospace because well, if you're really good, you're probably going to go be a quant or work at Google or go work at Facebook because like there's just more way easier more money. to make way more money and you leave at five o'clock and the job is a lot easier it's freaking hard to be an electromechanical anything yeah you're dealing something with mango lossy they'll massage you at your desk yeah. they'll do all these things for you and you're not gonna have to like make an airplane that could like potentially crash you're like oh i'm just gonna like monetize so web pages people are just lazy yeah well it's not, it's not, but all people are like, why, why should you? I think I'm saying that with this. I think why, why take a job that is risky, pays poorly, is you're poorly treated when you could do the opposite? And yeah. I'm like, I would blame nobody for that. So, yeah. so I I'll, about being poorly treated. I'll say I agree with Caleb and I agree with Brian mm -hmm. because I think you need to do both, and I'll, and I have my little list, my to do list for the next 15 years. Um, all right, next up, we're gonna go to Mike and then Sophie. Mike, what do you want to do in the next 15 years? Well, I so near term, I I do think that we have an entire generation growing up that was a mobile first generation who have consumed their content with HD video streaming. And there's a lot of great hacks out there that are that, and I really enjoy those, but I have a deep love for the written word. I think that you can learn a lot deeper topics a lot faster. You know, like I read a lot faster than I watch videos. And so finding a way to attach into an audience of young engineers who are really interested in videos and having them uh, appreciate and understand a long, deep read in the uh, topic is, I think, key to Hackney's near-term future. Um, one of the things, as far as 15 years from now, that you said, Phil, is talking about uh, people that worked at companies where they couldn't talk about what they were working for. And 15 years from now, I would like to see this crowd of engineers that are growing up right now challenge that and change that in their own companies. And so if you think about people that are 15 years old right now, that are doing their own projects at home and they're reading about other people's projects, they're posting about theirs, they're talking about theirs. I hope that they'll realize the value in putting that idea out there and getting as many minds on it so that in 15 years when they are running an electronics division at a company, they can say, you know what, we need to be as open source as we can on this. We need to connect with our customers customers directly, you know, kind of like Adafruit does and say, you know, what are your needs here? How is this product working for you? And just being more open in general, because I think everybody benefits it from it, from the people that are learning to the people who are, you know, far onto their job and close to retirement. Um, that's excellent. So one of the things that we've seen is, and I think it's a lot of your fault, Lamar, which is wow. good. The expectation is I buy electronics, I should get all the code. It should be in an open source license. It should be on GitHub. There should be a guide and a tutorial, and there should be a community and resources. And so everyone- When I, when I started Adafruit, by the way, this, it was completely, different you would not when you bought a kit they would email you 
the schematics. You couldn't share them. There was a forum and you'd have to get a registration code. You couldn't, it was a private forum. Um, and there was usually no code. You would get a binary or hex file if that, if you wanted to burn it in. There was no, there was no release source code. And this was very common for kids. There was no, there was no openness. It was like, now it's and totally normal. But I've seen the electronic yeah. suppliers out there that really get this. So DigiKey jumped in feet first and they do lots of stuff in the community. Lots of other electronic companies or distributors don't. And you right. can see a big gap mm -hmm. starting. Like people have go to places because they, they're like, oh, you get me, you understand yeah. me. I see you in the community. I also, when I buy something, it has a link to the source code. And or, it or starts to work. software isn't like 10 gigs and requires a password or, and an NDA and or something like that. Yeah. Emails and yeah. So I like, think a lot of that's going to happen. I think it's going to change from the inside. Okay. What yeah. else you got, Mike? Oh, I think that's it. Okay. So I think you're up next. Um, I would like also to see more avenues for education. And I think specifically, I'd like to see more ease of getting electronic engineers into jobs at companies which would pretty much involve those companies that I was complaining but not naming with their 10 gig software downloads and lack of information to actively be training people. Because I think in 15 years, we are hopefully gonna be a, a really, a fully remote work society. I mean, with the way that resources are going, we're not gonna be traveling in the same way that we do now. Yeah. So people are gonna be remote. And well, so who wants to yeah. like go through the airports like it's never Sucks. fun. Oh, it's I never going to. Oh, you do? Really? Okay. Yeah. You're the one. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you know what? Then if it was just you, they'd be fine, but it's not. It's everyone. It's, it's like, everyone, yeah, right. everything else sucks. Yeah. But I, I mean, I would like to see that become much more of the norm where companies that are not open source are willing to share, like, basically like little apprenticeships. Of yeah. getting up to speed in yeah. this field more collaboration basically yeah yeah and I, I also think you know in 15 years we're all we're already seeing the death of some of the smaller colleges yeah I, there's a possibility that in 15 years all college will be online and that's a really good opportunity yeah the debt the debt crisis for student loans hasn't hit yet the way the housing crisis did yeah. and it probably it will might it be will. might be next year yeah. who knows election year you never know but eventually, all these mm -hmm. loans aren't going to work out, and, well, and, and you can't bankrupt out of them. You yeah. can't. Yeah, it's too big to ever pay back. Too yep. big to fail. Um, okay, so distributed learning, distributed workforce, mm -hmm. and lots of places for people to have a pathway. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I I think it's possible too that you know right now, like we were talking about before, how software it's easier to be a software engineer than anything else. Like you're treated better than being a mechanical or an electrical or a chemical or one of these kind of other. other yeah, the competition is very high. Yeah. And therefore a lot of people are going into, into software engineering, but it also may mean that software engineering becomes saturated and a lot of people are going to start coming back yeah. towards some yeah. of these other things, especially as there's a need for, I mean, this is not really so much electrical, but in nuclear and chemical and energy and engineering. A lot of that is becoming software-based. I mean, there is no such thing as a, you know a as biologist a, who doesn't know Python. So you can't have that anymore. But don't you think that software at some point will be a tool rather it than? Is, I, I, mean, it I, is I think it's getting there. Yeah. I think, but I think there will be. I think there will be like combo. Like you, you, you will have to get a minor in computer science when you get your chemical. Yeah. If you're a biologist, you're probably going to use Jupyter notebooks now. Yeah. Like, well, this is the new normal. Yeah. Mechanical engineering is all CAD. Then maybe that isn't necessarily a. A partial CS degree. 
Yeah. You think it's just like you just take classes in it. You're like, oh, this is part yeah. of well, it. Like, just like you have a writing requirement no matter what your science right. degree. And like when you do in electronic engineering, you do math modules and everything, right. but you don't necessarily have a math degree. Math math. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Math and we got to just... interview the former president, and she said, can you please do something instead of just a foreign language requirement? Can you do a computer language requirement too? And he's like, yeah, we'll look into that. So, I mean, it's not going to happen, but that was one of the questions that she had for uh -huh. Obama when she got to interview him. Was like that would be really useful because I would think be really useful, I yeah. think that's one of the things that if everyone had computer science as just part of you're going to learn about chemistry today. Mm -hmm. Well, you still have to do some coding. It's just yeah. it's it's not the focus of it. It's just part of the things that you mm -hmm. do. Okay, so you have a you have an educational yeah. goal. All right, Lamar, what do you want to see in the next fifteen years? I don't, I'm not, I never ran Hackaday, so I don't know. Well, that <laughs> was on Hackaday. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think you're the subject. You're the subject of the the site for a lot of a lot of yeah things. i think we're going to see a lot of internationalization of hacking and engineering i think we're going to see a lot more i think i think that right now the internet is kind of divided like the people on hacking are very english speaking it's very american western european focused i think i think we're going to see um like possibly it'll be like a chinese clone of hackaday which would be really ah. cool yeah. Um, Hackaday TikTok. Hackaday TikTok or whatever. I think there'll be, yeah. I think there'll be um, multiple different groups and, and hopefully they can, with translation software, they can team up. But I'm seeing like, a, you know, really amazing engineering coming out of uh, China, but it's not getting to American sites. They just don't know where to so, see it. We just opened the Hackaday Prize to China this year. And so the 10 finalists from the Hackaday Prize China are going to be a part of uh, the global project. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to integrate that. I think, I think there's some political issues as well, but it, I think eventually, because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the, the cool stuff I'm seeing is very anonymous. Like they're not, uh, they don't have their real names attached, um, which I can understand. But I think, I think that's going to be kind of in the next, in the next five to 10, 15 years as we see, um, economies come up like i think we're seeing a lot more indian um natives mm -hmm. nationalists uh coming in and doing hacking i'm seeing a lot more of that i'm seeing more people from um the middle east i'm seeing more people from asia i'm seeing people from northern africa which i think is, is kind of neat it's yeah. like it's it's broadening beyond just like okay either you're on the east coast or the west coast yeah you know? and we're seeing different kind of projects and there's other projects areas. yeah it's cool stuff yeah. yeah i mean one of the the other reasons i made hackaday is you know i i grew up like a lot of people. I watched, you know, hacker movies and like there's 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 good people that can win in the end and like the politicians are the ones and like all of us hackers are gonna get together and we're gonna show them or the scientists get together. We're in space and like, yeah, Russia and the US are at war together but the scientists are gonna still talk to the aliens and save the day and we're gonna get world peace. So I hope that's what happens and I hope we don't get stuck with like, we can't work with this country because we're currently with a tariff war. We're currently, we're not friends with them this week because of a politician. So I would like to see us all come together because of the things we want to build together, and maybe ignore. What's well, cool is like, you know, it's, it's, it's like I'm, I, I look on you know because I'm reading like these uh, the Chinese websites and looking at their schematics, and it's like it's neat because like schematics are like universal. Like it's like I don't you know run to Google Translate to see what they're posting about, but then I can look at this. Oh, I see what you're doing with your design because mm -hmm. it's like you know we luckily came up with a language universal. to communicate electronics that was not. Okay, Language, so uh, here's my list, and we're going to get everyone out of here. Okay. So thanks for hanging in this long. So um, this is my list. This is good for anybody. You don't have to be Hackaday. You don't have to be an Adafruit. You don't have to be a Hackster Instructables or a Digikey or anyone. This is just stuff that I think is good, but I'm going to focus this on Hackaday the website, since that's what we're talking about. So one of the things I'd like to be able to do, this is my short-term list, is subscribe to a topic 
because a lot of people use newsletters now because the internet is just terrible. So you just put in what topic you want to see. And after 10 posts on that topic, maybe you get a digest or something. You can also subscribe by keyword. There's tags and stuff like that. Also, uh, in Hackaday.io, you can't really do that. It'd be nice to be able to get a basically yeah. like newsletterify the entire mm -hmm. site. Because we've noticed we, there's tons of people that consume based on the written words, kind of something that Mike was saying. But they get things in, a, in, a, in an email format, and it's hyper-personalized mm -hmm. because there's so much stuff. So I think that would solve the broadening and also the narrowing. So you get your very narrow focus stuff. There's just 10 posts. Like we have people who only want to read stuff when I write about machine learning. That's it. They don't want anything else from the Adafruit site. So they can subscribe to an RSS feed. But eventually, we're like, well, we should do a newsletter around that. So we started a new site, adafruitdaily.com, because we never wanted to get accused of like using someone's store information. Mm -hmm. So it's a completely separate site. That's why we did that. I think Hackaday could do something like that, where it's all newsletters. Hackaday a day? Oh, yeah, Hackaday a day. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the other one is I think since people put their stuff on Tindy, um, I think in addition, when they when you upload something to Tindy and you say, this is my product, I think Hackaday, Supply Frame, Tindy could have their own ad network where you get credits where you can advertise what you just put in there. Because one of the biggest questions I always get is, how do I market my electronics? Yeah. And it's like, well, did you submit it to SICE? Did you all this stuff? But Tindy has that built in. Um, the documentation on Hackaday.io, the possibility of it getting covered on Hackaday. But also, if you're willing to put your stuff on there, I think you should get like ad credits on. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, because you yeah. have all like, you know, I don't run an ad blocker on Hackaday because, you know. There's actually been some tests from the ad ops team at Supply Frame to do that. Um, instead of running house ads when we have them, they've yeah, been running really some right. Tindy yeah. ads that are actually featuring seller products. Yeah. Um, I, but it's, uh, it's like I said, it's a test run. And hopefully something great will come from it. Yeah, and I think that's a way for, for people to become little business people, mm -hmm. and they also get a chance to market their products. And that's the reason they're putting it on Tindy, right. wire audience. Um, other thing is, underneath each blog post, um, we did this with the Adafruit blog. I tried to do this with Make, and I think Make has this now, or at least the last time I was working on it, where when you look at a blog post, it suggests the I.O. projects that are kind of mm -hmm. like it. It's called machine learning, but not really. Like yeah. Contextly is a service mm -hmm. that does that. Um, there's other ways to do this. But um, being able to do that on the I.O. site as well, if you're looking at an I.O. project, it has blog posts that have kind of something to do with what you're seeing. Maybe it's looking for pr uh, products or mm -hmm. specific uh, components, but it's bringing that content in both places. Yeah. So publish, you know, you do something once and you, you, um, you're able to see it in lots of different places. Um, a little bit more forward-looking stuff. Um, a buy one, hack one, for underserved communities, or uh, you find a good sponsor. It's like the yeah, local schools also good. Yeah, yeah, where if you purchase something on the Hackaday store, let's say it would, uh, I'll use Adafruit examples because that's I'm here. Um, like a Circuit Playground Express, you buy one and it goes to like Black Girls Code or 4-H or Girls Code or something like that. Buy one, buy yeah. one, hack one type yeah. thing. Like um, Tom Shoes. I love that. Like Tom Shoes, but for learning electronics and hacking. Yeah. Um, especially Americans, we like to do activism through uh -huh. buying shit. Yeah. So you have to have some for that. That's it. Warby Parker too. Like yeah. How, yeah. Those glasses. Um, yeah. Video show and tells. Um, you know, we've done oh. the show and tell with Adafruit for a while. We've hired most of our amazing people because they've come on the show and tell. Um, I would like to have a show and tell to watch besides the one we do. We've been doing it for like ten years. So I think a video component to we we'll use this the Streamyard. Yeah, we're doing yeah. this right now. But I think a video component. You know what I'm saying? It's the same software. So we we <laughs> at Make we have two video series that are just launching right now. 
that are kind of in that, which are makerspace tours and oh, cool. small yeah, maker cool. business tours. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, for the so hardware tell, side, it's their we business. promote each other because yeah. it's nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. For the hardware side, like so, Kickstarter tried to do a live streaming thing because they had so many bad hardware Kickstarters. So they're like, oh, please, like here's a video service. So they wanted people to like show what they're right. doing throughout the build process. I think Hackaday could do that. I think you could be very specific, like videos of my workbench live. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it could be one editor and then find someone and just uh, have that. I think easy API and syndication for creators. So we use the Hackaday API, the Hackaday IO API was pretty hard. Yeah. And there's no, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think, and we're the only one I think who did like, we had it on a Pi portal yeah. and we I had a really that. neat project yeah. and a couple thousand people hit like, so I can have like, it live. I just want to see like any project on Hackaday IO that uses a feather, because I want to promote that. And yeah. like, I, if the so, RSS feed is like a billion comments, I'm like, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> so well, how do I, how do IO I? IO doesn't have RSS feeds the same way as other stuff. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's so, no way to, to, to find so there, those projects. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's difficult. Yeah, there is a way to find it. Yeah, um, but yes, yeah. you're right. It's, it is difficult. Yeah, it's and really we difficult. could improve on that. Uh, yeah. We did a jobs board that worked out. Make has a jobs board. We have a jobs board, but it, and actually, I, I would love to see a better jobs. Board. Yeah, but, I mean, for. I would love to see, in general, better jobs for Yeah, I think if you can get people to post up their skills more yeah. and put that in the job area, and then companies to be really specific about what they want, mm -hmm. um, that's they're looking for the type of people that are reading Hackaday. I also tell people like what kind of skills you should pick up if you want to get a job. <laughs> like, oh, everyone's looking for yeah. this type yeah. of you know role. Great, I'm going to learn that and get a job. You, sh you yeah. should actually put it in your resume at the bottom, I read Hackaday, just yeah. in case, you know? Um, and then I just took a couple quick notes when you're when you're all are chatting. Since you have a limited amount of space for SuperCon, um, maybe if someone's been there a few times, they can't go two times in a row. They have to nominate someone to go because I think you'll end up cycling That's out. That's a good trick. Otherwise, you get the same ten people constantly, which is good, but it means yeah. that I mean, you so don't get any. So let's say if someone's gone to SuperCon a couple times in a row because there's limited space, right, four hundred people. Right. Say, like, hey, and we do sell out. Yeah, you do yeah. sell out. So say, say, hey, hey you've been here twice. You can't come, but you get to say who does, yeah. and they can nominate a person. <laughs> right. So I think that might get a wider community and people that definitely or, or like who who is in here that yeah. should be here. Yeah. Um, uh, Kickstarter did something really nice last year, and they're going to do it again this year, which was to uh, put put forward some money to uh, fund people to come. Yeah. Who would not normally be able to come? Or yeah. Um, so that's that's just my list. Some of these are like long term, some of them are short term. Mm -hmm. But that's my that's my list of stuff, and that's free for everyone to to free to, ideas, free ideas, worth every penny. Okay, all right. Well, that's it. Does anyone have anything else before we we call this 15 year celebration over? One thing we tried ages ago that we failed at, and we got rid of it. That I still think could do very well on all of our sites is a question ask answer system, kind of like Stack Overflow, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Now you guys have a forum. And you have customer support, so you're kind of you're kind of off in your own thing. But Hackaday tried years and years ago. Uh, we had a question and answer system that was built by the devs at Mahalo, so you could come on and you could ask, like, I have this router. Is there some way I can get a distribution on it? Whatever, and other people could answer. And our downfall was that uh, for some reason they shoehorned in some financial system into it for incentive, and it was real money. Wow. And the first week that it was running, we noticed the numbers didn't add up right. So they just <laughs> killed it before it yeah. became an amount of money that 
would cause a legal. I think I think you have to be careful. Yeah, with money, it's just too. Yeah. It's a bad incentive system too because people just game it, right? They'll say, yep. "I'll I'll post a fake question, I'll fake yeah. answer it, and now I get ten cents, and I, they'll just do that." I think that's one of the issues with a lot of these Forever. contest sites. You get a lot yeah. of garbage entries. Yeah, yep. yeah, but I but I do think the community actively answering these specific questions has has value uh, beyond just a forum. Yeah, you know, and and it does. It seems like a difficult thing to get when you look at all the different platforms people go to for information. You know, they go to Twitter, they go to YouTube or whatever, and it gets buried. And I don't know. I think there's value there. And I, yeah, I, no, yeah. people love Stack Overflow. Yeah. It's great for software, but it's not that. I've seen hardware come up once in a while, but they it's not great. Like there's not a lot of activity yeah. and not a lot of people really know what they're talking about, and it's kind of hit, very yeah. hit or miss. Yeah, like. Edaboard, Edaboard, EDA board. I, I go there sometimes for electronics, and that's also really. I don't know. I don't know of a, of a single before, yeah. you know place I would say is like here's a good question to answer. All right, for well, it sounds like an opportunity for someone. So there you go. Okay, well, thank you everybody. Thanks for doing this. Um, I sent this out kind of the last second, and um, just like I wonder who who might be around. And thanks for um, taking care of my skull child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, not messing it up, because like I still get emails. Well, I don't get as many, I don't get as e I don't get as many emails as I used to. If someone had a bad experience, like a, maybe someone said something crummy in the comments, I used to get an email like Phil, can you do something? And I'm like, no, I can't do anything about it at all whatsoever, because right. they thought I still did stuff with the site. But I don't get those as much anymore, if ever. So I don't get. It's not my fault anymore. Okay. I don't know. They're probably they might be emailing one of you. Could be. I yes. think it's okay. <laughs> but thanks for taking good care of it, and um, we'll see what happens. I guess five years from now, we'll do the twenty. The twenty. The, the twenty-one. Yeah. Oof! I hadn't even thought that far ahead. That's crazy to think about. Twenty sounds a lot more than fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Twenty sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Okay. Well, thanks so everybody. Fun. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Caleb. And thank you, Sophie. Thank you for hosting. It was fun. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. Bye, -bye everybody.